Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party in Apex Legends podcast, hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? It's going well, Shay. Still riding the high of the ALGS, playing more ranked. The changes at the split, I think, uh, were positive. I was able to to solo into plat a lot easier uh, this yeah. time around. It's hard to really pinpoint um, exactly how the point differences affect that, but I'm pretty happy with Apex right now on the ranked side, which is good. Yeah, I, th- I think the other thing I'm really interested in on the ranked side is, is there a new break in terms of plat? Like, plat's been pretty yeah. hard, but uh, I know like we reached it pretty dang early. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm curious kind of like how much time will it take before maybe plat has more people filter into it so it's not as oppressive. It'll be really interesting. But yeah, I'm excited to talk today. I mean, we might have to keep this one to a quick because I'm battling a podcast injury. Cut my tongue. And uh, we're powering through right now for the people. And it's starting to act up a little bit. So uh, if you you hear any Henry uh, Shea sharp pains, it's because I decided to take a drink of water or something at this point. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we push through. You know, never miss episode through injury. Sickness, <laughs> traveling, nothing can stop the third party right now. And uh, yeah, we appreciate Shay for pushing through the pain. Hey, I mean, at least it's a. Uh, I've um, we're going off on. I'm going off on a tangent now, but uh, one of my favorite podcasters of all time, fantasy footballers, notably uh, one of the guys on there, uh, pulled his groin while they were in the chair recording the podcast. Uh, so you know, we're in a dangerous profession, Henry. Uh, lots of risk yeah. for injury. <laughs> I I don't currently have uh, disability insurance, but <laughs> maybe I should because I wouldn't want my on the job to be uh, to disable me from continuing doing it. So oh, goodness, maybe okay. that's something I'll have to look into. We'll get into it. I'll keep. I'll try to get us back Thank on you, track. Shay. We're we're talking news today, the latest and greatest in Apex, and answering some questions as always. Before we do that, make sure if you want a question answered on the show, ask it in our Discord channel for questions, or leave it in the form of a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Please follow us on Twitter at Cargrito Shea and at HP Burson. Live tweet and ALGS stuff. Good content over there. I would say, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to support the Apex uh, Legends podcast uh, called The Third Party, get some extra episodes, get some behind-the-scenes content, and add to our new disability fund, please consider <laughs> joining us on Patreon. Um, that would really be appreciated. With that, though, let's dive into the news. Okay, first piece of news, a little, uh, a little more... Third-party news, I think is what I should say. Uh, and essentially, it stems from a Discord question. And the reason we're talking about in the news, we, we think it's important because uh, one of our listeners, who is someone that obviously cares about the game a ton, uh, kind of left a bit of a rant in our Discord about uh, not just the state of Apex, but talked a little bit about Henry and I as podcasters and our opinions and stuff, where we come from. And so we kind of want to, Essentially, take this Discord question. We're going to move it to the top of the show so we can talk about it right now, read through it, give our perspective on where we're coming from in this situation, and talk about how we essentially look at Apex. Um, Is there anything else you want to add before I just dive into reading this one through? In the past, you know, Apex has been on a roller coaster of 
almost constant negativity on social media. And a lot of times things will come up and some people get disappointed when we don't hammer them home. And I think there's a couple of things going on right now that definitely led this individual to raise uh, something in our community, but it also led to a lot of people uh, kind of engaging with the comment. And that's why mm-hmm, we're kind mm-hmm. of taking this to the top because it's something that's important to us and we want to address it head on. So hopefully this will clarify a lot about where we're coming from and give you a direction as to what our content is all about. So this one's coming from Discord, coming from ZGuy2000. Uh, hey, Henry and Shay, this is going to be a rant, so I apologize in advance. Appreciate the kindness, ZGuy, out of that. But I'm going to continue. I've been listening since season nine. Always look forward to listening on my way to work some days. As much as I love you guys, when is enough finally going to be enough? I love the optimism, but sometimes it's frustrating for a listener to hear somebody who has a big voice in the matter ignoring problems or praising Respawn for laziness and ignorance. Loba is from season five, and she's broken. The wingman and bow are incredibly powerful and require no skill. Arena's is horrible and doesn't even make it into the patch notes. Revenant stays underpowered because they want him to be weak because Rev Meta felt frustrating, and their solution was to make him trash instead of rework him. They barely do LTM events anymore. Look at the stats from season six to eight versus stats for on season eleven to thirteen. They almost killed half their views on Twitch, making ranked awful. They stopped communicating patch notes. The list just goes on forever. When is enough going to be enough for you guys to try to warn these devs about how downhill the game is going? I get it. It's always been this way, and it's almost expected from Respawn, but it's not an excuse. I'm just a day one player begging for somebody with a bigger voice to try to make a difference for a game with a lot of great potential. Please, Henry and Shay. You're our only hope. A little <laughs> Kenobi reference there. Um, yeah, I think first off, I think a lot of people know this already, but Shay and I are day one players. Uh, Shay was saying earlier mm-hmm. today, we were even hour one players, you mm-hmm. know, like we were right there. So we're with you on that. And, you know, I think the first thing that I'll say is it's, it might be difficult, but don't mistake our realism for optimism. A lot of times when we look at situations like Revenant, for example, we have seen Revenant go through a lot come into the game very underpowered, experienced some changes, very oppressive and ranked at times, gone through what I think is a pretty healthy lifestyle for one of those specialist legends in terms of their abilities. Do we want Revenant to be at the middle of the pack or at the top of legend popularity? No, we really don't because that wouldn't be healthy for the game. So we look at issues like that very holistically in terms of game design, but also realism as to what do we really want? Now for the Revenant mains, it's not like we just throw them aside. We think Revenant is in a pretty good spot. Mm-hmm. Um, to say that they, the developers, didn't want Revenant to be very good and so they made him trash, I think is untrue. Just because the last time they uh, adjusted his kit, they made a slight audio change to his ultimate, but then gave him unlimited climb. So last time we checked, back more than a year ago, Revenant really wasn't nerfed into the ground in any way. Still maintains very cool tactical ability, very powerful team, ultimate ability that is still really good if coordinated. So I would just be mindful that we try to approach things from realism, not always optimism. Yeah, and I think that's... The truth of the matter is, 
you're not going to hear what you want to hear sometimes on this podcast. We by no means, and we never have been, are an echo chamber. Echo, echo chamber for social media and kind of the negativity that you get there. There's a lot of times you go on social media, you look at what's being talked about in Apex, and it's a lot of pretty not so great stuff. Gets retweeted. I think a lot of people's opinions are influenced by other people. So yes, we try and say, okay, what's actually going on here? And what are our thoughts on it? Because whether you like it or not, and you're listening to this show, this is the most in-depth content on Apex Legends out there. Nobody else sits down and talks about uh, you know, one legend for 50 minutes uh, once a week on a show. You know, We've got more in-depth Apex content than anybody else out there. And I think it's because of that. We've never based our opinions on other people's thoughts. I mean, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know, we've been telling you to play Valk and that she's amazing since she was released. And she's kind of finally creeping up into top popularity. You know, Seer was absolutely getting berated by the community, crying for a nerf. We've fought back against that, said Seer doesn't need a nerf. Obviously, that was then walked back when Seer got a buff again after the nerf and was now is now being played in the ALGS. Um, we're not always right, 100%. Like, we miss on things for sure. Um, I was a big Maggie person coming in and that didn't work out. So obviously we're going to have our opinions, but I don't know. To say that we uh, maybe need to be more negative, need to use our voices for things, we use our voice to share our opinions. And going through things, like if I just go through this list of stuff, I mean, yeah, we called out Loba. We've I think been pretty frustrated with Loba for a long time. We've mentioned it on the show anytime it's popped into the news. Um, I think I've said my piece there, but to say stuff like the wingman and bow are incredibly powerful and require no skill, I, I just I can't agree with you. And I'm not going to agree with you to make our show maybe feel more like Twitter because the wingman and the bow are good weapons. They're great weapons right now. They are you know, semi-auto weapons. So they require a lot of skill. I would say those guns are the hardest guns in the game to use, unlike fully automatic weapons. And this is the nature of Apex Legends. Weapon meta shifts. That's how it plays. And the Hemlock has been the most broken gun in the game before. The Havoc has been the most broken gun in the game before. Guns have their time to shine. Heck, the G7, Henry's heart and soul. Best gun in the game for a while. And was taken out of the game to an extent because of it. Like, we will play what the meta is, and that weapon meta shifts. The wingman and the bow are meta right now. Enjoy it while it is, because in a season from now, maybe two seasons from now, they probably won't be as much in the meta. That's just kind of how you got to play the game at this point. I think, speaking towards the weapons, it's probably the biggest reason that we play, you know, is how mm -hmm. good all the weapons are that you can actually win a game with the Mozambique. We've had seasons where the charge rifle is absolutely broken. That's eight seasons when the Spitfire was absolutely broken. If we're in a situation right now where we're complaining about the wingman, oh, I couldn't be happier, you know, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. that is just such a weapon that has stayed consistent for so long that if right now you feel is a boiling point where you're maybe experiencing games where you died to a wingman, you feel like it was oppressive and you didn't stand a chance. Well, wingman hasn't been buffed in a year. Mm -hmm. So 
where were you a year ago? You know, has it taken this long for a day one player on a day one weapon to realize that it's broken? Mm -hmm. Probably not. And so as these metas shift and you feel there's changes in the game, sometimes I would say that's really positive. If you feel like the wingman is in its strongest state ever, number one, you're wrong. And number two, that's such a great indicator for the current weapon balance, mm -hmm. honestly speaking. Like, I, I can't really see any other point of view right now. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'm going to say on this before we keep going is, you know, I've never been playing this game since day one. We played the game a lot, but no, we don't play the game like Daltouche or Hal played the game and play it 16 hours a day. And for things like bugs and just kind of the random things that frustrate people that play an absurd amount of time, I don't always experience that. And I don't feel burnout. And I think, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of content creators out there that are frustrated by the game in part due to burnout, which is natural and 100% understandable. That's my opinion on it. There are things that aren't great. And I think we've expressed our opinion on it. We've said we hate that there are not patch notes, or not in-depth patch notes and not dev streams anymore. I think we've said it every season since they've stopped. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been talking about the lack of LTMs forever. And so if you're listening to this podcast and not getting those points, I don't know what to say. I, I truly do think that we've expressed sentiment in that manner. But like I said, we aren't going to just echo what's said on social media. We're going to stay true to kind of our opinions and keep moving forward so we can make the best Apex content that uh, we believe. and. People can go a lot of places for negative Apex content. Um, we'll have our moments, but generally speaking, I log on and I play Apex. I love the game. I don't I have a good time, so I'm not going to have a good time playing the game and then come on a podcast and talk about me not liking it. And if you don't want to listen to positivity and you don't want to listen to some like two guys that love the game talk about the game, there's other places to get your Apex content. That's facts. I think that's why we wanted to address this at the beginning, because it felt like maybe one person or multiple people felt like we weren't being authentic. And that's just not true. Mm -hmm. We do like Apex. We do feel everything that we say on the show, honestly and genuinely. Mm -hmm. My last comment on just maybe the state of weapons and legends are, if you think Rampart and Sheila overpowered 1v3 enemies with ease, I don't know why you're not playing her. Mm -hmm. I don't know why more people aren't playing her. Yeah, two percent pick rate. To, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to continue to shout that you should be playing that legend because she's so good. If you think the wingman and the boat check require no skill, what's your excuse for not winning every single game? You know, like you should be crafting the wingman every single game if it is in fact that easy. No skill, most powerful. I don't really know what to tell you, but live your truth and use that weapon every day. I want to see some KD. I want to see some win rates go up because that's what you should be doing. I don't think there's a big reason to complain because at the end of the day, one person could, could be in a gunfight and say, oh, I died to the wingman. It's overpowered. Another person could go to the other, episode, other end of the spectrum and say, I died to a spitfire. That's overpowered. Both are very powerful, but have pros and cons, and it's always going to be situation-based. Mm -hmm. So, But if you believe in one absolute, like maybe the Sith, 
<laughs> then do it and experience ultimate power because it must be rewarding. And I would honestly recommend doing that. Let's keep the news going though. And let's talk Apex Legends mobile news. If you want some frustration and negativity, you just got to listen for Apex Legends mobile news because they've released, a, they, yeah, they've released a new exclusive legend, uh, Rhapsody, and a new map, Pythus Black Block Zero. King's Canyon OG is also now live in Apex Mobile. Uh, they got a knockoff Mirage Voyage showing up in Apex Legends Mobile. Um, it's frustrating. We've been saying that on the show. My gosh. Yeah, we're jealous as heck. Um, go play Apex Mobile. You can hook a controller up now to do it. I've done it a few times because they're doing some really cool stuff over there. Um, do you have anything you want to say on just Apex Mobile generally uh, before I dive into the abilities of the Legend? They're just getting spoiled over there. <laughs> um, it, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we've recently learned that more of the game development is actually handled by Respawn than we initially thought, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising, but also pretty indicative to how good the game is, that it is a huge focus. If you look at the career page, you'll see they're doing so much more hiring for mobile um, because it's such a priority. But to already get a second exclusive legend um, is pretty crazy, especially getting a new map that looks awesome. Like you said, Jay, jealousy is all I have to say. Let's talk the new legend, though, because she's cool. Uh, Passive, gifted ear. You pick up and visualize sounds from an extended range, tactical, hype anthem. Play a powerful track that speeds up nearby squad mates and recharges shields. Taking damage will end the effect. Ultimate, Rowdy Rave. Rowdy projects a wall of flashing lights that blocks incoming sights and scans. What an interesting legend. From countering scans to working with audio cues at a whole other level. I just think this is such an interesting concept of a legend. And we don't really dive too deep into the Apex Legends mobile stuff all the time. But uh, feel free to speak your truths on this one and share any thoughts you have. Yeah, so I think the passive, maybe hit or miss. It's not huge. The audio uh, like distance in this game is already so strong. But if the interface adds even more to that, maybe it could be strong. In other games, like Fortnite can have visual sound. So that's kind of just across the board. Uh, And this kind of sounds like that as Mm -hmm. a passive. The tactical, being able to kind of have a support ability in the tactical to increase the movement speed and to recharge shields passively for the whole team is something that we had theorized, I think. And a couple of legend concepts submitted, we had talked about something like this, but I never thought it was going to be a tactical. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's really crazy that you could have that i think this will really be fun to use in fights um to just kind of ramp things up to the next level it's called hype anthem it's definitely going to hype things up Mm -hmm. uh, in gunfights um the ultimate i think is kind of crazy you know to counter scans is something that we've been pretty vocal about since season i think six uh when bloodhound got some major buffs to their scan abilities um it's scary to counter scans because then how do you know if the information is accurate um that you're giving your teammates if you are a recon legend yeah uh, it's really interesting uh she's fun and i'd love to add in uh i think more unique 
legend that has just kind of these odd skills uh, into the main game at some point. But truly, it's the cadence that legends are coming out with for mobile, the maps, the updates. Like you said at the top, they're spoiled, having a good time. So if you're an Apex Legends mobile player, uh, having a fun one, for sure. Next piece of news, though. Respawn is working on a new first-person shooter game in the Apex Legends universe. It looks like it's going to be single-player. There's job listings, and they are now hiring developers for an Apex Universe FPS incubation title and, quote-unquote, brand-new single-player adventure. Um, Early, early in development. Uh, It'll probably be a long time before we could get something like this, and the project could change drastically from the vision now to the end product released. But I think you hear this, first thing your mind goes to is Titanfall 3, right? But then you get that single-player adventure, the non-multiplayer aspect, and then I think you start to wonder, well, what direction are we going in at this point? Yeah, it's exciting but surprising um, because single-player isn't really where the money is at, mm-hmm. um, especially with a first-person shooter title right now. Um, you know, depending on the scope of the game, like if it is a small single player title, this is something that maybe we could see within the next year, um, by holiday of 2023, perhaps. Um, but if it's something bigger, um, that has a multiplayer component, um, which I, I would kind of bet on, honestly, despite the, the news, we're probably looking at a year and a half to two years until something is uh, fully launched and ready to play. I just want to see the the hype trailers whenever they come, whenever development starts. That's all I'm uh, I'm ready yeah. for getting the early stuff. Um, last piece of news though for the day: Josh Medina responded on Twitter to a request for a drastic meta change in Apex, less Gibby caustic Valt comps, and another competitive map. Please, Josh responded with quote unquote working on it best believe so obviously i think that's a little bit of insight maybe into obviously i think the competitive maps a given kind of based off the cadence we've been working off of for a long time now with maps and obviously they're gonna dream for the map to be a competitive map so that makes sense to me but the response to the gibby caustic vault comp that we just saw everywhere in the algs opens the doors for a lot of changes. Is it going to be changes through the introduction of new legends, nerfs, buffs to other people? Um, I think it's quite interesting. What do you kind of gather from this uh, comment recently? I don't know. Maybe I'm a dinosaur, but I like (laughs) the comp. You know, like, I would probably drop the caustic first, but I think Valk is fun to play, uh, and her passive and her tactical, and I think the ultimate is so valuable that I love to see it used. And Gibraltar's ability to, pl- to deploy 360 above, below, cover anywhere just allows you to rotate, play fun positions, get more teams into the end game mm-hmm. to make it more engaging. So moving away, like if you were to take Gibraltar out of competitive, you would not see 16, 17 squads mm-hmm. ring four. You just wouldn't. It would be overnight a shift, and you would see people probably contesting off drop, uh, and see a lot more what we see in public games, mm-hmm. where Gibraltar is not the king, uh, definitely not. So I think to want that is possibly misplaced, even though I can, I can understand how it, it is maybe boring now for a few years. 
but I think there's a reason uh, that he's there, and I think it's a good one yeah. personally. I think it's generally a pretty dang healthy meta. Um, I would, if possible, I would love for a wider variety of legends to be in comp to have these people still be competitive, but not be at like the tippity top. You know, I think boy, we we come back to there's always going to be a meta. My dream would be if there was a meta of maybe six or seven legends. So there was a lot more maybe versatility in the ALGS because even just watching one team run Newcastle was such a joy to kind of see the different play style. So it would be quite interesting to see yeah. if, is there a way to nerf or buff other people slightly to the point where there's a little bit more variety, but they're still impactful. But like we kind of talked about on the last episode, Valk's a tough one, so sensitive. Gibby's a tough one, pretty sensitive to changes at this point. So it's like, what do you do? I shared that I would uh, share my Valk nerf idea on this episode. Um, I think if you're going to touch anything in her kit, I think it's the recon element uh, of her kit that you could nerf, and then she still would be quite viable. Um, but it would take a little bit maybe of the ease of use out of using her. It would make it a little bit more difficult if when you were skydiving down, you didn't have the recon element hanging out everything and seeing where everybody is. Uh, Adding that risk factor outside of the increased speeds or stuff like that is where I would want to see some changes. Um, Yeah. I think you can make the argument for taking the beacon off, but I also I don't know if that does anything because then you probably just get into the point where you're like, okay, which two legends am I playing with? Insert recon legend here because uh, the beacon's so impactful. So, but that's got that the passive down. That's my point essentially. Yeah, that's interesting um, because it definitely would make it more risky. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so fun. We both play a lot of Valk. We play with Valk. Whenever I don't have a Valk and I'm solo queuing and ranked, I miss it weirdly. Totally. That recon mm-hmm. uh, on the deployment, it, it's so weird because you think it's small, but once you get used to it, you kind of you kind of miss that mm-hmm. sense of security of knowing you're alone or where teams are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's an interesting nerf idea. I I think she's so powerful outside of it that I don't think it would spell the end by any means. Um, and, and maybe it wouldn't make a difference at all. Yeah. Totally possible there. So yeah, before we get into the rest of the episode though, and answer some questions, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We're going to wrap this up with some five-star questions and some discord questions. First five-star question coming from Apple podcasts from stasis underscore K love the pod lately. I've been playing a team comp of Bangalore, Ash and bloodhound looking to aggressively third party and push unsuspecting teams. We smoke, portal, and scan to try and capitalize on the confusion we cause. Do you all have any suggestions for other aggressive team comps? Love this. Love this comp. Um, We've played this uh, in ranked seasons gone by. A lot of fun. Um, I think a couple things when you're playing competitive. Um, You want to be able to have mobility so you can push. You Having the Bloodhound to know where teams are is really nice. And then doing damage is also a component. But also, the ability to counter the third party is maybe equally as important. So in recommending aggressive team comps, I don't really strive away from dropping Gibraltar because I think that bubble can give you so much security mm-hmm. after you do a push 
that it's worth it. And you're still getting a defensive bombardment that can really soften up enemies. Mm -hmm. So I would say Fuse, Seer, Gibby is a pretty cool team in terms of pushing. Other things that we've had success with are Valk, Ash, and then adding in Horizon Mm -hmm. to have all three legends have really powerful, fast mobility. And then that Horizon Ultimate is an ability that puzzles me in its strength because you counter it with even one or two grenades and you can just decimate a team that's not prepared or is not aware enough to counter it. So I think Horizon could be one uh, to pop in for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. I, I like that breakdown. I think you, I was totally going to steal what you said with the Gibby. I think you can, you know, there's a thing called bubble fights for a reason. You can be super aggressive with Gibby. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the most aggressive comps we've run consistently is Valk, Ash, and Gibby. Uh, team mobility, close range combat. And then I think Valk is uber aggressive for digging to the sky and identifying teams as of now to go land near uh, and attack quickly. I think maybe you could even go Valk, Ash, Seer. Haven't tried it myself yet, uh, but with like the recent Seer play, I'm going to work on him a little bit more. And maybe that could be a fun, really aggressive team comp to keep some of that recon element in there as well. Yeah, there's no doubting Ash's ability to push the first knock. And that is just the nail in the coffin Mm -hmm. uh, for an aggressive team. So I like seeing that. And I would keep that if you want to. Totally. Next five-star question coming from J-L-E-M-K. I don't know if you want to call that Jalemk. I don't really know how to pronounce it. (laughs) That's what I was going to do. So you're good. Good. Uh, so, hey guys. So, with the split live and back on the edge, have two questions for you. Number one, with World's Edge as the ranked map specifically in mind, is it more viable to have a team comp that is more versatile and flexible to an average map or a comp that's more personalized to a style of play? For example, aggressive, defensive, recovery, etc. Question number two, in your opinions, which three legends have the highest ceiling for possible future buffs? As in, which legends would most likely see the most drastic changes to their kit in favor of buffing them? Hope you guys are doing well and enjoying the new split and rank changes. Keep up the good work and thank you for always providing a quality podcast that is that podcast this is that makes it my first listen of the day every time it comes out. Cheers. Oh man, two. Really good questions. Um, to start with question one, I am on the versatility in general is more powerful. And on World's Edge, I think it's really true. But I think that's because you have so many options for how you can play World's Edge. You can play it in kind of any manner you want. You have the option to play defensive, which you don't on some other uh, maps in particular. So generally speaking, I'm a versatile comp person on World's Edge. Uh, kind of hammering home what that is right now i think we're in a little bit of a flux post algs trying to figure out what we want to run exactly um I'll, I'll let you build off point number one before i just dive right into number two as well yeah i agree versatility is king we've been saying that uh for the longest of time i think gibraltar is kind of my reason uh, for having that standpoint because he can be offensive and defensive um i would say for world's edge though if you wanted a specific uh, kind of goal or play style to keep in mind when deciding what kind of composition, play for the end game. So get a beacon, 
have somebody that rotates. That's your Valk right there. Mm-hmm. And then have defensive legends um, so that you can rotate to the end game, defend, control a space. And that's how you're going to consistently perform well in a ranked environment, especially on edge. Mm-hmm. For question two, though, um, man, three legends to have the highest ceiling for future buffs. Uh, I pulled up the list because I needed a reference when I was looking at this and kind of thinking it through. Um, and honestly, two of them that stand out to me, and maybe you can tell me why I'm wrong, uh, but I think Crypto is one where if he becomes more accessible to play, I think he's already so powerful in certain manners that if he became easier to use while retaining power, I think you could see him rocket to the top. But I think that would require a pretty drastic switch to make things more autonomous because his play style is just so different. But if you buffed him in that direction, I think you could see something along those lines. And I'm always going to lean towards the aggressive legends that I see and understand use cases for that are in the lower tier. And for me, that is Mad Maggie still. Playing into the shotguns, playing into the anti-cover, anti-bubble. I imagine, I just feel like if you did buff this legend in a way, I think there's a path for her to being pretty dang powerful if you wanted to just purely just up her across the board. I, I can't think of a third off the top of my head, though, in terms of what. Those are good ones. I think that's such an interesting question because it's who would most likely see the most drastic changes to their kit in order to buff them? So, I don't think your answers are wrong. I think they're good. My three would probably be Mirage because I think you'd really have to rework a lot Mm -hmm, to bring him mm -hmm. up significantly. Then I would agree with you, Mad Maggie. I think doing more to elevate that shotgun passive uh, would probably require a kind of a teardown of it entirely to Mm -hmm. just give her a lot more power there. And then I'd kind of do a throwback and go with Revenant. You know, Mm -hmm. if you wanted to bring him up significantly in a way that was healthy for the game, you'd probably have to drop the ultimate completely. Mm -hmm. So that would be the most drastic of changes uh, to his kit. And I think people might even like to see. Yeah, I I think under that line of thinking, for sure, Mirage and Revan are fantastic answers there. Uh, So yeah, you got the extra perspective because I don't know how to listen to Henry. Next question, though, coming from Discord, from Dill the Pickle. If you could roll back any one change from previous seasons all the way up to season zero, whether it be bringing a legend's ability back, nerf or buff to a weapon, or a place on a map that is no longer there, anything like that, what one change would you roll back? Oh, can of worms, man. I mean, it's such a fun question, but I'm not going to give you a fun answer because if I only got one... G7 would have never gone in the pack, all right? So that's like, if I'm limited to one, there's no way I'm not going to pick one. Oh, man. Um, here, you know what? I, I think we could go on and on. Like, I could tell you Skull Town. I could tell you, uh, you know, tons of like, just, I Mirage love like. Mirage Yeah. That was wrong. Mirage Voyage was wrong. The train. Train. Even like, we're talking legends, like. Mirage being able to actually pull off an invisible res, like, don't think that would break his kit in the game in any means. So I'm happy to walk that back. Uh, But maybe a more fun one is uh, I really liked the map rotation that mixed in kind of older elements of maps and stuff. And I'm talking about Nighttime Kings Canyon back when they first did the map rotation. I really enjoyed that iteration of the map being in rotation. So pubs being more than just 
all our map op- options, but iterations of different maps uh, like Nighttime Kings would be something I would be interested in walking back into. Those are good ones. Next question coming from Prime. Hey, TPP. I'm a new listener, but I love listening to your podcast at work. My question comes from the result of my play group. I'm a rather skilled player, but my friends who join me aren't as skilled. Not rookie, but around the current silver to gold level. And I'm struggling to balance their fun with my shot calling and play style. Any tips on how I can either carry more or help them increase their skills? Thanks. Oh, man. This is a good one. This is a loaded one. Um, do you have anything just first off the top of your head that comes to your mind? I got a call back to a recent episode we did on IGLing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of great takeaways from that for doing just this and how to be a better leader in your team. Um, this morning, I haven't told you this yet, Shay, but we got a message from a longtime listener on Instagram from a player who kind of said he listened to that episode and he realized that he was a leader. Like he'd kind of picked up mm. on the fact that some teammates kind of looked to him for direction and shots to be called. Um, but he never really embraced that until he listened to our episode and he felt like, you know what, I am going to be more vocal on the mic. I know what I'm doing. My teammates want this from me, so I'm going to provide it. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that was really nice to hear. And I'd recommend giving it a listen because of that. I think that's key. I think wanting to hear it, that's the big thing that you, uh, Prime, mm-hmm. need to establish with your team. Do they want you to shot call? Is that how they want to improve is by playing more serious? And it's the best way to improve, in my opinion. But it, I mean, it's not always the most fun to, quote unquote, be bossed around or kind of told what to do. Uh, but, but right now, I mean, I said it on behind the scenes of our uh, show earlier in the week. but. I've been kind of helping some newer people get into Apex recently. And man, my shot calling right now on that is probably the most extreme that we've ever done uh, in terms of like, I'm telling people when to stop looting. I'm telling people exactly where to move, where to like place and use their abilities to kind of get them into the use of the game and having some success doing so. Uh, it's a lot of work and it's going to be hard on your prime, but I think just kind of making sure that that's something they're interested in and then going into that. Uh, but yeah, Apex otherwise is just a game of hours and a game of time. So keep logging it. Anything else though on this pod? That's a wrap. Sweet. That's going to wrap things up. Yep. Thank you to our producer, the third party, Tennis Sports Silver on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow.